My name is Zakir Muhammad, and you are listening to the Living Legacy Podcast. This weekly podcast features women of purpose sharing stories of resilience. They are wives, artists, entrepreneurs, they run businesses, and here they will share their stories of how they overcame obstacles and how they're juggling it all. If you're ready to learn about professionalism, entrepreneurship, business, travel, life, and love, you're in the right place. You will hear real and raw stories of survival. Now it's your turn to be inspired to step outside of your own comfort zone. I am a cancer survivor, brand cultivating strategist, world traveler, and a professional photographer. I'm your host of the Living Legacy Podcast. Let's get into it. So today on the Living Legacy Podcast, I have one of the rare opportunities to interview in person. Michelle Canning is originally from Massachusetts by way of Kentucky, where she graduated from Moorhead State University with a Bachelor's of Art in Traditional Music. She also holds a Master's in Music Business. Michelle Canning is my co-worker from the Grano Office. She's also the first co-worker I really got to really hang out with. I may have crossed paths with other tour ambassadors, because that's what she does. She's a tour guide at the Grand Ole Opry. But we're the only ones who really kind of kept in touch since orientation. We started the same day. We um, pretty much saw each other at the same you know, time. And she's a wonderful, emotion-filled, country banjo bluegrass player. She's the lead singer and player behind Michelle Panning Brand. And she's recognized for her vibrant stage presence. She tours several states and a few countries. She's a Leo, and I'm a Sagittarius. So when she's not touring, songwriting, or working at the Grand Ole Opry, she teaches music lessons. Today, we're talking about women in the industry and what it's like being in, being an artist and being in country music and being in Music City. Episode 12 of my podcast with Leah Masterson called Mastering the Music Business was a very popular episode, so I thought, why not bring it back and do a part two? This time with an artist from a different perspective. Without further ado, hi Michelle. Hey Zakira, how are you? Good, how are you doing? I'm doing great, thank you for having me today. Thank you so much for being here. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so tell me, how, when, tell me the whole story. Who, what, when, where, how, why did you first start being involved in music? Yeah, well I first started when I was eight years old. I was, I always had an imagination as a kid, and so I was drawing guitars on construction paper. And I said to my grandfather, Pepe, let's make a band. And he said, okay, well, I'll play the guitar and you play the banjo. Now, I'm a little eight-year-old girl from Massachusetts. I didn't know what a banjo was. And he said, well, I'll show you. And he pulled one out of his closet. And he put it in my arms, and I just fell in love with it. And from that moment on, I knew that's what I wanted to do forever. And uh, sure enough, I went through school always having the banjo in the back of my mind. And, you know, when I was finish a test and the other kids would read, I'd be writing a song. And, and uh, after high school, I said, well, I want to go somewhere where I can study traditional music and play the banjo. And so I ended up at Moorhead State University and uh, majored in traditional music and then got a master's degree in business. And here I am today living in Nashville. I love it. Make Music City the perfect place. So what Absolutely. brought you to Music City then? Well, to be honest, I graduated college and needed a job and found one here, <laughs> uh, which I guess was a happy coincidence. Uh, a friend of mine uh, hooked me up with this Opry job and messaged me and said, I found this on online. You should apply. You'd be perfect for it. So I applied and uh, came and interviewed and fell in love with, with Nashville. All over. You know, I had come and visited before, and I fell in love every time I visited. And so I fell in love all over again, and then I got the job, and I was just ecstatic and uh 
and I moved here to Nashville. Um, you know, I didn't know what I was going to do after college, and, and getting that job at the Opry really made it a perfect move for me. I love it. I love it. So what is the best part about working at the Opry? Because for me, as a photographer, it's amazing to be around so many other creatives. Sure. So for you, what's the best part about working at the Opry? Well, absolutely. Absolutely. Excuse me. Being around other creators is really great. You know, there's other musicians like me um, playing all styles of music. And then there's people like you who do photography. We have a bagpipe player. You know, we have people doing so many different things at the Opry. But what I really love about it is there's a feeling when you walk into that building that it's more than just a music venue. You can feel the presence of people like Roy Acuff, who are my musical heroes. Yeah, I didn't grow up with them, but I did. <laughs> and, uh, and so it's pretty special that you can walk in there and, and feel all those feels and feel like I'm part of country music history just by showing people around. I love it. I love it. So what is, how does being a tour guide help you with your music? Well, you know, being a tour guide and being a performer are a lot similar. You know, your your purpose as a performer is to make people leave wanting more, to make people leave feeling like, wow, I feel good tonight. And whatever worries were in their brain before they came in, whatever was troubling them, just goes away and they just feel good. And then you're doing the same thing as a tour guide. You know, it might be for an hour instead of two hours, but you're showing people around this place that has so much history and telling them about the artists that they love and showing them exactly where that artist sat, what couch Carrie Underwood sat on, and making people feel good. And so when you kind of combine those two things, music helps my tour guide career, and being a tour guide helps my music career. I love it. I love it. So everything is aligned, everything is connected. Exactly. So now we're going to get a exclusive sneak peek at one of your upcoming new songs. Yes, this is Banga Banga Banjo. So tell me why you started your band. Well, I started my first band when I was about 16, and um, there was this bluegrass band contest at a festival called Blistered Fingers up in Maine, and I thought, wouldn't it be fun if I just, you know, put a band together and we went and played this contest, and so we weren't really going to do anything with it, we were just going to play the contest. Well, as it turned out, we won the contest, and the winning prize was a set on the main stage the following year. So we're like, oh, okay, I guess we should, you know, get together and do some stuff. And in the meantime, uh, a friend of mine who had a band uh, wasn't able to do a show, and so they asked us if we wanted to play. And all of a sudden, we're getting these shows, and we're like, well, as long as we're doing it anyways, let's be a real band. And so we were called uh, Michelle Canning and Rough Edges. Uh, well, really, we were called Rough Edges, and then uh, eventually, at some point, one of the band members was like, we should be Michelle Canning and Rough Edges, because I was kind of the lead person. So we did that. And uh, we did that all the way through high school and even the first few years of college. And then it became a little difficult, the long-distance band thing. Uh, so I ended up uh, um, closing the door, I should say, on Michelle, Canning, on Michelle Canning and Rough Edges, but then opening the door on the Michelle Canning band. So I got some new band members that were uh, more local at the time. 
and now we're doing the long distance thing again now that I'm here, but it's not as long distance, so, but, um, but we've been playing music and just playing as many shows as we can, and, and I absolutely love every minute of it. I love it, I love it. So what, of course, is, hasn't always been rainbows and whistles and all that, so sure. what has, what would you say initially stopped you from launching or starting the band? Um, I don't think anything necessarily stopped me. I was a pretty gung-ho teenager. I, I wanted it, and I wanted it bad. So I don't know that anything stopped me from starting it. Um, there were certainly times where I wondered if I wanted to continue it. Uh, you know, band members come and go, and that's a normal part of music. And, you know, people moving around and doing different things. And there was a, a time when I found myself with no band members because by sheer coincidence they all quit at the same time. And it, you know, it wasn't like my whole band leaving me. It was just that this one was moving and this one got an offer, you know, and, and different things happened. And, and it was like, oh, no, now what do I do? But what I found was it, the people who succeed are the people who survive. That's what uh, Raymond McLean, one of my teachers, taught me. And so I just kept going and I just kept chugging. And the, the more I kept going, the more I succeeded. And so you have to kind of take these pit stops and downfalls and use them to your advantage. So how specifically do you use them to your advantage? Yeah, I mean, there are some times where it seems like you can't, and then you find out, oh, well actually, because I'm not doing this thing that I had set my sights on, I worked so hard to doing this thing that I now have the tools to do this thing that I never thought about. And I wouldn't have had the tools to do this thing if I hadn't tried to get that thing. I love that, I love that mentality, I love that. So, what helps you the most during the difficult times? I think uh, having a good support system is really, really important. Um, I'm lucky my mom and dad support me with their whole hearts. My grandparents, uh, when, when they were alive, my grandmother's still alive, they're always there for me. And then just a, a whole network of people. I have friends at the Opry. Uh, I have teachers from when I was in college. I even have a teacher from high school who still supports me. You know, when things get tough and I don't know how to handle something, I call my mom or I call Raymond or, you know, there's somebody that I can talk to and they'll talk me through it and they'll remind me what I'm worth. So what are you worth? I'm worth a thousand bucks, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so where have you traveled to? I guess I would say both personal and music related? Yeah, so uh, music related, I've traveled uh, all over the Northeast. Uh, I've done shows in every state in New England. I've done New York, uh, Pennsylvania, um, some southern states, Kentucky, Ohio, West, uh, West Virginia. So pretty much most of the East Coast. Um, and then I've also traveled to People's Republic of China twice. We did two tours over there. Um, Non-music related, I've been uh, to Italy. We went to Italy this past uh, spring. I went to Canada um, and then different states across the country. So what has been your favorite place so far? Uh, probably China. China was a really fun place. Uh, the culture is so different from here and what I love about playing music somewhere versus just visiting is that when you play music there you're not in the tourist areas. You're, you're in China and you're walking down the street and I mean, people thought we were rock stars over there. We, you know, we would finish a show. In the States, you finish a show, and you go to your record table, and people line up, and one at a time, you meet people. Well, in China, 
you finish the show and they rush the stage, you would have thought we were the Beatles. And but it's just a different culture, and so it was really fun uh, to see their their actual culture. And then when we weren't playing, to walk around the streets in. You know, we weren't in Beijing where all the tourists are. We were in, you know, Tianjin, this random city in China that tourists don't go to. And it was really fun uh, just to learn another culture. Yeah, I love being able to immerse in other cultures. I think ever since I was able to travel like that, not just travel, you know, for two weeks, not just travel to see a place, but as soon as I was able to really immerse in a culture, that changed my whole view on travel. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. You learn so much about people in general, you know, in the bigger picture, and you learn that, um, you know, I keep going back to Raymond McLean. He was the director of the Traditional Music Center at Moorhead State and, and a very big mentor of mine. And he has a song he wrote, and it talks about how the same wind that he feels at home in Kentucky is the same wind that you feel in China or you feel anywhere else in the world. It's the same wind. And it's like that with humanity, too. You know, we all speak different languages and we have different cultures. But in the end, we all have these things called hearts and souls, and we all use them the same way. Being a woman is hard. You know it. Ah. But tell me your experiences of uh, being a woman in the music business. You know, as a kid, it never occurred to me that girls don't play the banjo. Like, I, I never even thought that was a thing. And as I got older, I started getting these comments like, well, you don't see a lot of girls playing the banjo. And I'd be like, oh, well, here's one. You know, I don't, I don't know what you want me to say. Um, and, you know, the, stuff like that, it's, they're innocent comments. They don't bother me. Uh, what does bother me is you get comments that are sexually driven. And, you know, you wouldn't say that to a male banjo player while you're saying it to me. A lot of issues that women have especially in my case is clothing you know men wear a suit and tie or jeans and a t-shirt and they're fine either way women if you wear jeans and a t-shirt well you should have dressed up and if you wear a dress well you look like a slut and there's no middle ground there um, and that's been a tough one for me I have a song called sparkle on and it's basically about being yourself and for me I like to dress up on stage and you know I make sure that all the important parts are covered, I'll say it that way, but but that I'm always dressed nice and pretty and respecting my audience, and so some people don't like that, and this song, Sparkle On, it's on my latest album, kind of says, well, this is who I am, and I'm not going to change that for somebody just because I'm a woman. So what would you advise for the woman out there? I would say not just country music, but music in general, who yeah. um, struggle with that, but want don't want to keep that from fulfilling their passion. Just keep going. Just keep being you. And, you know, sometimes you're going to have to change little things. You know, there are little things about my appearance that I've changed that made it a little bit more okay to wear this particular dress or something, you know. So sometimes you'll have to make those little changes. But as far as the big picture goes, be yourself. And there's going to be people who love that. And I think, you know, it's easy to focus on the bad. It's easy to focus on the people who are, you know, upset about the clothes you're wearing or, or the size heels you have on or, uh, you know, the fact that you're a woman playing a man's instrument or whatever. But there are so many more people who love you and appreciate you and respect you, and that's who you need to set your focus on. Where do you see yourself musically in five years? You know, what I would love to do with my life is play music for a living 24-7. 
in whatever capacity that ends up being. You know, I can't tell the future. I, you know, I don't know what's going to happen in five years, but my hope is that I'll be happy and that I'll be playing music. So where can we find you on the web? You can find me at www.michellecanning.net. Make sure you use .net and .com because you'll get a whole other Michelle Canning. Uh, but uh, my tour schedule is on there, my bio, some photos, um, videos. You can download music on there. There's a store. Uh, and then on social media, uh, any of the platforms, if you use at MC Bluegrass, you'll get to me. So that's Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Okay. Well, thank you, Michelle. Thank you, Zakira. Thank you for listening to the Living Legacy Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, follow, and download so you don't miss the next episode. If you want to learn more, you can visit ZakiraNayar.com. That's Z-A-A-K-I-R-A-H-N-A-Y-Y-A-R.com.